0: Go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 3. But I want to say this. Um, Somebody's been praying. Somebody's been praying. (laughs) A lot of people have probably been praying because God moves when people's, when His people pray. And He moves with power. And He moves with light and life. And... um, I'm going to tell you, when people set their minds on God and they set their minds on things above, the earth better look out. <laughs> the, the earth better look out. Um, I believe we're already in the time of invitation, you know. We normally, as pastors and churches, we have this thing at the end of the service called an invitation. I, I, I kind of have a sense that an invitation is, has been taking place. And I'm going to tell you what, the invitation can keep taking place while I read the Word of God today. And if at any time you feel led to come to this altar while I'm preaching, you go right ahead. If if you need to step out and pray with somebody, step out and pray. If you need to get up and walk. Listen, you're not going to distract me. Okay? Um, And I'm telling you, you won't be a distraction to anybody. You do what God tells you to do. Last week, we we began this series uh, that I entitled, Set Your Mind. I, I entitled it, Set Your Mind, but it's God's Word, not mine. Uh, we looked at this, this young man named Daniel who was a prayer warrior. He was a prayerful man. He was known for his prayerfulness. Um, and in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, we found out that Daniel resolved. In other words, he made his mind up ahead of time. He made his mind up ahead of time what he would do in this situation or in this situation, in this circumstance, or that circumstance. He resolved not to defile himself with the ways of this world, especially Babylonia. He knew that he was a child of God. He knew that he was created to worship God and God alone, no king or kingdom on this earth, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He knew that he was to glorify God alone and not himself not even his nation, he knew he was to glorify God, and and so he prayed, and God honored his prayers. Uh, As I thought about that this week, as I thought about Daniel and his prayerfulness, and and just the man he was, um, I, I love what Paul David Tripp, I was listening to a podcast, it's been quite some time ago, but... You know, I'm a, I like to write things down and make notes. When something hits me, I have to hit pause and go, okay, let me write that down because I may need that down the road. I was listening to one of Paul David Tripp's podcasts, and yes, it's the same Paul David Tripp that wrote New Morning Mercies that I talk about all the time. But in his podcast, Paul David Tripp said this about prayer. And it hit me hard because I have found that many, many times uh, I have not prayed correctly. Listen to what Paul David Tripp said. Prayer is not about getting God on your page. But rather, it is about submitting to God and to what is on His page. Prayer is not about getting God on your page. (laughs) But rather, it is about submitting to God and what is on His page. How many times have I prayed, God, do it this way because it's the way i want it done. God do it this way because i believe this is best. How many times have i prayed that way? <laughs> a bunch. You ever been there? Right? You prayed from a selfish desire? Listen, God already knows that. But but i hope that you lace and bathe your prayers with the statement that matters the most and that is what Jesus said when he led us in prayer and he said not my will but thy will be done. I love that. An angel came to Daniel and gave him a vision about the future. And Daniel was overwhelmed. Dan- Daniel was fearful. Daniel was confused. A- and, and the angel said to Daniel, <laughs> he said, since the first day, you set your mind. So the angel is reminding Daniel Of what he did a long time ago. He said from the first day you set your mind. And what did Daniel set his mind to do? To gain understanding from God and to humble himself before God. The angel said, hey, I know who you are. God knows who you are. Now you need to remember who you are. And you need to stand up. You remember that? The angel picked him up. Picked him up. And what did the angel do? Gave him the peace of God and the strength of God to do what God called him to do. So this theme, if you will, of set your mind is going to be fleshed out today. That's what I want to do. I want to flesh that out. So so we see what it did in the life of Daniel and how he moved forward. But but I want us to look today in the New Testament in Paul's letter in Colossians. and, And I really want to answer a question for you, okay? That question is really simple. What does it mean, Brother Jeff, to set your mind? When you say set your mind, what are you talking about? What does that mean? Well, let's go ahead and answer that question, right? Let's answer that question, and then let's look at it in Colossians chapter 3. To set your mind is to make a choice. It is a decision, a choice that you make to think about God's ways and then to act upon them right here, right now. So when you set your mind, you're making a choice To think about God's ways. Well, Brother Jeff, how can I know God's ways? I'm going to tell you how you can know His ways. Open up His Word. You want to know His ways? Read the Bible. (laughs) You want to know His ways? Pray. Be a prayerful person. And I'm not talking about when you feel like it or when something goes wrong. I'm talking about a lifestyle and an attitude of prayerfulness each and every day. Whether you're on the mountain or in the valley or in between. So to set your mind is to make a choice. You choose to think about God's ways and then you act upon them. You see, when you set your mind, it will influence your goals and then it will guide your actions. Did you hear me? When you set your mind, it will influence your goals and it will guide you on a course of action. Let me give you a very silly (laughs) illustration of that. Uh, So those of you in Marty's Sunday school class, what does she bring you just about every Sunday morning faithfully? I was hoping you'd say the word of God. But you said it you said what you said what was on your heart. Muffins. I heard it. Right? Them blueberry muffins and today those very special cinnamon muffins. So let me just tell you, I knew last night because she set the boxes on the counter. I knew last night before I went to bed. Lord willing, if we wake up, she's going to make them muffins. Do you know what I did last night? Before I laid my head down on the pillow, and I knew I had to do it before I laid my head down on the pillow because I was tired. Here's what I did. I set my mind. I said, Jeff, tomorrow morning when she gets some muffins out of the oven, you're only going to eat one. (laughs) Now, she can tell you I normally eat three. I normally eat three. But I made my mind up, okay, because I have entered this stage called training where I'm, I'm running and training and I'm trying to do right because I've got a goal. I want to run another marathon, right? So I'm, I'm trying to do right, and so I set my mind. I made my mind up. I resolved no matter how good those things smelled, and boy, didn't they smell good. And, and no matter how perfect they were when they came out, I was only going to eat one. And guess what? I did it, but then my wife said, what does it matter? You can eat another one. The one who loves me, who knows what I'm trying to do, yeah, she tried to tempt me. She said, it'll be fine. We always have some left over. Please stop. Now, I'm being very silly with that, okay, but let me remind you of what I told you last week. You have an enemy, and his name is Satan, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. He hates you. Do you know why he hates you? Because you were created in the image of God, you were given the breath of God, you have life, and you are to worship God and glorify Him, and Satan does not want that to happen. He wants to distract you. He wants to twist you and turn you and point you in any direction other than God. He wants your focus to be on anything and everything but God's word, but God's ways. He wants you to spend eternity with him. He knows where his, he knows where his eternity is. It's in hell. It's death all day long. We got this idea that Satan's down there ruling over hell. You need to understand, Satan is going to be in hell suffering, just like anyone who rejects Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so Satan is our enemy, and he's going to do anything and everything to do, right? Anything and everything he can, he's he's going to do whatever he can to keep us from thinking about God's ways, and most importantly, acting, living out loud upon God's ways, right? As silly as that little demonstration was of me and those muffins this morning, that's the reality of the spiritual world. See, we are in a place called spiritual warfare. Whether you believe it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, I'm just going to give you a blunt answer. I don't care (laughs) because I know what the Bible says. The Bible says spiritual warfare is going on right now. Satan is working right now to distract you. Satan is working right now. I believe his demons are working right now to pull you and turn push you in any direction other than God's Word. And so I'm going to do my best to keep you on God's Word and in God's Word, setting your mind upon it to think and to act. We know spiritual warfare is real. We know that our part in spiritual warfare begins with our prayer walk, with our prayer life, and it continues with our actions as we faithfully live out loud what God created us to do. I love what Tony Evans says. You know, I I love Dr. Tony Evans too. Listen to what Dr. Tony Evans says. He says, if you are acting out of control, then it is because you have a mind problem. And listen to what he says. Actions originate in the thinking. Actions originate in the thinking. So when you do something, whether good or bad, it's because you thought about it first. When you do something with your hands, with your feet, when you walk this direction or that direction, it's because you thought about it first. Actions originate in the thinking. Why do you think it was important that Daniel set his mind? Right? To gain understanding, to humble himself before the Lord. Why do you think it was important that Daniel resolved not to defile himself? Because he knew it was going to be a temptation. So he made his mind up to think about who he was, whose he was, and why he was. And his mind, right, his thinking led him with his actions. This is important. We need to get this. And not only do we need to get this, we need to embrace it and walk in it. So let's look at what Paul says about this theme of setting your mind in Colossians chapter 3. Look at this, four verses. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I love this passage of Scripture, Paul's letter to the church at Colossus. Uh, it's much like his letter to the church at Ephesus. Um, it is about the life we have in Christ as believers, both now, here on earth, but forever. Paul is talking about the full life that we have in Jesus Christ that we live out loud right here and now. But he's also talking about the eternal life that we have. The eternal life that we have, that when we will spend forever in glory with God. And so what does he do? I believe Paul does two things in this passage of Scripture. You're already saying, yes, amen. It's not a five-point sermon. It's a two-point sermon. (laughs) Two things, listen to what Paul does. Number one, Paul reminds believers that they have died to self and have been raised to new life with Christ. They have died to self and been raised to new life with Christ. Dr. Warren Wiersbe is another uh, pastor that I love to read. I love to read his sermons and his commentaries. Listen to what Dr. Warren Wiersbe said in his commentary. He said, Christ not only died For us which is substitution but as believers we too have died with Christ that's identification because we are in Christ and he is in us through the power of the Holy Spirit we can have victory over the old sin nature that wants to control us we can have victory over the old sin nature that wants to control us I go back to the little silly demonstration. I'm going to be honest with you. I could have very easily eaten three of those muffins this morning. All right? If I really want to be honest with you, Sunday school class, you could have had none. Because between me and my son Jonah, he could have had a pan and I could have had a pan. All right? That that Listen, I was very capable of messing your Sunday school class up this morning. Journey. But... I set my mind, I made my mind up, and nothing and no one was going to get between me and what I set my mind on, not even my precious wife. I I, want to come back to the spiritual realm. Listen to me. Christ in you, Christ in you, the Holy Spirit of God can and will empower you. To be who God created you to be and to do what God created you to do no matter what circumstances are surrounding you. That, that sin nature, right? That we battle daily. Listen, Paul wasn't saying I'm perfect and I don't battle my sin nature daily. Cause I'm gonna tell you in other letters and in other verses, Paul says, my flesh and my spirit battle daily. You know what he said? My flesh and my spirit battle daily. I know what I ought to do, but I don't do it. And I know what I ought not to do, but I do it. He said, that's the battle within me. But what Paul understood was, greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. John said that in his gospel. Paul believed it and understood it. And that's why Paul is focused on the life of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ in this letter See, we can have victory over that old sin nature that Satan wants to just just with a magic wand in our face, oh, don't forget, don't forget, you like to do this. Oh, don't forget, you like to do, oh, don't forget, don't forget what you did five years ago. Oh, don't forget what you did last night. You you better not go to church Sunday morning because what you did Saturday night. I'm going to tell you, that ain't Jesus, that's Satan. You know how many people probably didn't come to church this morning because they're embarrassed about what they did last night? I'm going to tell you, that's Satan. And church, we better watch out and not be judgmental and keep people from coming to church on Sunday because of what we think about them on Saturday night. We better be real careful. We better set our minds on things above rather than things on earth. Wow. This is what Paul reminds us as believers Christ is our life. Don't you like those words? I love that phrase, that that statement he makes in this passage. Christ is our life. Let me just tell you something. We have no true life apart from Jesus Christ. None. I'm going to tell you what we are. We are walking dead men and walking dead women without Jesus Christ. Anyone who has rejected Jesus Christ, anyone who has rejected God, they're just dead men and dead women walking around. Let me tell you who I am. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive with the Spirit of God in me. And I'm going to tell you something. I'll live forever. That's not my words. That's Jesus' words. Read the Gospel. I have died to self. And I have been raised to new life in Jesus Christ. And it is eternal. We said it yesterday in that funeral for Miss Connie. Oh, Physically, fleshly, yeah, that body was laid in the casket. Oh, yeah, that body was laid to rest at the cemetery. But I love what Brother Philip and I were talking about this morning. She ain't resting today, y'all. You need to understand, she ain't resting today. You know what she's doing today? She's celebrating today. She's worshiping today in glory. Isn't that what Paul said? In glory. Yeah, forever. (laughs) Set my mind on things above not on things of earth. So Paul reminds them that they've died to self. They've died to the earthly and fleshly way and they've been raised to new life, spiritual, eternal life in Christ. But Paul also challenges the believers, right? He challenges the believers to set their hearts and their minds on things above. And let me tell you what this is. This is about focus. Set your hearts and minds on things above. It's about focus. It doesn't mean that we live with our heads in the clouds, right? Our heads in the clouds, thinking about what it's going to be like on the other side and missing what God's calling us to do on this side. We better be careful, right? We, We need to understand that while we have breath in this flesh and on this earth, It better be used for God's glory. It better be used for the worship of God. We need to take advantage of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. You know what Paul says? Make the most of every opportunity. Glorifying God. It means to focus. Set your heart, set your mind on things above. It means to focus on the Word of God. It means to focus on the ways of God. It means to focus on the actions of God at work in all things and then applying the Word of God, applying the ways of God, and applying the actions of God in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our churches, in our communities. That's what it means. Pastor D.L. Moody once said this, If you haven't ever read some D.L. Moody, you're missing a blessing because the Spirit spoke through that man. Pastor D.L. Moody once said this, we should not become so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. We should not become so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. See, what he was talking about was, it's one thing to think about the things of God. It's another thing to apply The things of God. So D.L. Moody agrees with Paul, right? To set your mind on things above, it requires thinking and acting. Thinking and acting. Again, Dr. Tony Evans, he says this about Paul in this passage. He said, Paul is not saying that we should think about heaven all day long so that we will know how to live and how to worship over there. Rather, what he's saying in essence is that we should take a good look at heaven's perspective on every issue so that we will know how to live on earth. Because I'm going to tell you, there won't be no distraction in heaven. Huh? There won't be no more hurt in heaven. There won't be no more sorrow in heaven. Do do you think we're going to be distracted in heaven like we're distracted on earth? If you do, you you need to find that for me in the Bible. Because in the Bible, we ain't going to be distracted. Uh, You know, the Bible tells us in heaven, we won't be distracted. The Bible says we're going to see God, and we're going to worship God. With the angels, with all of heaven, we're going to worship God. And it's going to be tremendous. It's going to be, I don't think we can wrap our minds around it. We're going to be there together. With no distractions. But right now here on this earth. Guess what's going to happen? We're going to get distracted. Right? There's going to be some hurt. There's going to be some sorrow. There's going to be some mourning. There's going to be some complaining. <laughs> There's going to be some comparisons. There's going to be the, we go. Those things are going to happen. But you know what we can do? We can set our minds. Right? We can set our minds. With a heavenly perspective of how we're going to respond when those things happen on earth. See, setting our hearts and minds, and this is just my way of of saying it, setting our hearts and minds on things above means to think about Jesus and to live like Jesus on earth. Think about Jesus. You remember a long time ago, a long time ago, we had these little bracelets. These little bracelets we put on our wrist, and it was stamped with some letters, W W J D. You remember those, Jeremy? We used to give them to students all the time. Jeremy's like, no, I don't remember that. You probably don't remember that because you were like in sixth grade or seventh grade, so lots happened between now and then. But I used to give you all those bracelets. What would Jesus do? You remember that? that? That was a... That was a, I guess you'd call it a fad. That was one of those things that just it got really popular in the moment. What happened to it? What what was wrong with that? I I ain't got no problem with that. What would Jesus do? Right? Thinking about Jesus and then living like Jesus. What would Jesus do in this moment when someone is hurting me? What would Jesus do in this moment with the pain and the suffering that I'm feeling? What would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do in that situation? And here's the thing. It's one thing to think about it. It's another thing to actually do it. Right? Right? And so setting our hearts and minds on the things above means to think about Jesus and to live like Jesus on earth. It's having a heavenly perspective, if you will, about the things on earth, the things of this life, rather than just having an earthly perspective. Dr. David Jeremiah Says it this way. He says, to set your hearts and minds on things above means to focus one's will and one's emotions on the spiritual reality of heaven and letting that control one's motivations rather than get caught up getting caught up in the earthly concerns. He goes on to say this staying in God's word is what I said. How can I know God's ways? If you want to know God's ways. And God's actions, you got to know God's Word. So here's what Dr. David Jeremiah says. Staying in God's Word renews the Christian mind and then arms them for spiritual warfare and makes the faithful ready to triumph over temptation. That's pretty good. Dr. David Jeremiah says just about everything better than I do. So I just repeat his words. But here's what he's saying. He's saying the heart and the mind work together. Uh, This is about the way we think leading to the way we live. And and so as Christ followers, as God's ambassadors, and listen to me, okay? I I just believe we've watered down salvation so much. We've made it such an easy thing, right? Oh, just come down the aisle. Say you want Jesus. Pray this little prayer and say amen. Boom. Boom. I'm just going to tell you something. There ain't nothing easy about this. Have you tried to die to self today? Huh? Have, Have you tried to die to self this week? Something you wanted to do, but you knew that it was not right? Hey, have you tried to die to self because I'm going to tell you something, that ain't too easy. When Marty said this morning, go ahead and have another muffin, you know what I did? My nose was right on top of a blueberry muffin. I mean, when she said it, she was in the, in the living room doing something. I was looking at it. <laughs> if, if the role would have been changed, look, if she would have been in the kitchen and I would have been in the living room and that blueberry muffin would have been under my nose, I wouldn't even have thought about it. Do you understand? Sorry, cameraman. I got way out of spot. I got distracted. But, but do you see what I'm talking about? Right? When she said that, the muffin was right there. It's just, it's just one little blueberry muffin. I mean, how many calories does it really have? None. Somebody said it's a Christian muffin. <laughs> it's going to church. It can't be bad. Let me tell you something. There's nothing easy about dying to self. And Satan is going to do everything he can, right? To keep tempting you. To keep that sin in front of you. He wants your focus on it because he knows if you're focused on sin and you're focused on the temptation, then you're likely to do it. When your mind is on it and your heart is being pulled to it, you're very likely to do it. Because actions originate where? In the thinking. Actions originate in the thinking. Why is pornography so, so powerful? Pornography leads to affair. Pornography is sexual immorality that leads to more sexual immorality. I'm just throwing one thing out there. What else? You think about it, what else? Alcohol, whatever. Drugs. Drugs. Anything that comes in and and you consume that takes over, right? Takes over your mind. Takes over your heart and your actions. Anything that can lead you away from God, I'm going to just tell you, anything that can lead you away from God, you better look out. Because Satan's going to use it. Spiritual warfare with earthly stuff. It's real. So the mind and the heart work together. The mind leading the heart, in the way we live. And so as Christ followers, we are God's ambassadors. We have died to self, and we are alive in Christ. We are God's ambassadors on this earth. And we are called by God to look like Jesus, to live like Jesus, and most importantly, to love like Jesus. And to love like Jesus is to deny self. To love like Jesus is to deny self. We died to self. We died to sin. We've been raised to new life. To look, to live, and to love like Christ. You have a choice today. This is it. I'm done. You have a choice today. You have a choice today, and you have a choice each and every day that God gives you. I'm going to tell you what. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. Four funerals. Four funerals in two weeks. God's reminding me every day, you better make the most of this day. You better make the most of this opportunity. From 39 to 90. And I have preached... The funerals of infants and children, too. But you have a choice today. And Lord willing, you'll have a choice tomorrow and the next day if He gives it to you. And here it is. You will choose. You will choose. You will either set your mind on things above or you will set your mind on things on earth. You're going to choose. I'm going to choose. And sometimes we're going to be like this little ping pong ball, right? And we're going to bounce back and forth. Sometimes our minds are going to be on things of heaven, and sometimes our minds are going to be on things on earth. It's hard. Ain't nothing easy about it. The choice you make today, though, and the choice you make each day moving forward, you need to understand this it's not just about you the choice you make today and the choice you make each and every day it will impact anybody and everybody around you oh daddy in that room looking at things that maybe wife and kids don't see i guarantee you it will impact your wife and your kids worker slipping a little something here that the boss don't see taking advantage of your time that maybe the boss don't see, I'm going to just tell you something. It will impact you, and it will impact your employer, and your employment, and those you work with. I can go on and on. But I know you're ready for me to amen this thing. We were created to glorify God. Do you understand that? People ask me all the time, Brother Jeff, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just don't know who I am. I'm going to tell you who you are. You are God's image bearer. You're created by God and for God. And God's will for you is to glorify Him. Some of you have gotten married. Some of you will get married. Some of you are single and some of you will stay single. Some of you will live and start and some of you will move to Canada. Some of you will work here and some of you will work there. Listen to me. Don't get caught up in saying, well, this is God's will. and this is God's will is for you to glorify Him. Whether you're married or you're single. Whether you live in start or Canada. Whether you work on the farm or at the bank or in the doctor's office. It don't change God's will for you. God's will for you is to glorify Him. Right? To worship Him as a daddy, as a mama. To worship Him as a child. To worship Him as an employer or an employee. To worship Him as one flesh, a married couple or as a single. And so I want you to understand the only way, the only way to truly glorify God is to set our hearts and our minds on things above as we live here on earth. If you really say, Brother Jeff, I just want to glorify God, here's what I'm going to tell you. Set your mind on things above. If you really want to glorify God, set your mind on things above. Set your heart on things above. Brother Jeff, what does that mean? Get in God's word. And let God's word get in you. So that when you are squeezed in this life, whatever's in you comes out. Whatever you're putting in your mind, your hands and your feet are going to do it. (laughs) Marty says it to me all the time, and I get mad at her when she says it. But then I walk, ago, walk away saying, she's right. Always right. She has this little thing. You speak it. She says that to me. Like I'll say, well, just my luck. You speak it. What she's really saying is, what you're thinking and saying, you're taking that course of action. You're walking in that direction. Thank God for those people he puts in your life who uh, straighten you up a little bit, huh? There wasn't enough men that said amen right there. I'm going to give you a second chance. Thank God for some people in our lives that straighten us up a little bit. Amen? Amen. Thank you, guys. Actions originate in the thinking. If you truly want to glorify God this year in your home, in your workplace, in your life, wherever you go, you've got to set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. It doesn't mean my head's up in the clouds just waiting for Jesus to part the sky and come get me. Uh, Oh, yes, I'm looking forward to that. And I think about that, but my head's not up there and my feet just dangling down here on earth. No, I'm thinking about that. And because I'm thinking about that, I'm looking around me going, okay, how can I use that to impact her? Him. Her. Him. How, How can I be who God created me? How can I do what God created me to glorify Him right now with this mindset now? Right? This heavenly mindset. We're going to talk more about this next week. Book of Romans. Chapter 12. The renewing of the mind. Come back. Lord willing, come back. All of us. So that we can set our minds. And glorify God together. Amen.